0: Welcome to the Radiant Astrology Podcast, where we illuminate the wisdom of the cosmos for spiritual insight and soul-level healing. I'm your host, Christina Caudill. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to the Radiant Astrology Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Caudill. And today, my very special guest is someone who's very, very special to me. This woman has um accompanied me through a lot of major life transitions and transformations and she's someone that I regard very highly her name is Roxanne Lowry she's a therapeutic sound practitioner and a licensed Healing minister, and I just know her as an incredible, amazing, gifted woman, um, and I'm very excited to introduce everyone to her today. So, welcome Roxanne to the Radiant Astrology Podcast. Thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you. I am so delighted to be here with you today, and with all your listeners. I can't think of anywhere or anything I'd rather be doing than to be with you.
0: <laughs> me too. And, I've been really and all of to... that and
1: more. Back to you.
0: Yes, awesome. I've been so looking forward to this. Um, before we get started, I want to read a little bit of your bio, so my listeners have an idea of your background and experience. Um, so Roxanne Lowry, as I said, is a certified therapeutic sound practitioner, we'll ask her exactly what that means um, and how she's working with that and a licensed healing minister and gifted musician who has devoted 35 years to exploring consciousness, transformation and creative expression. Using ambient sound therapy to create immersive experiences, she blends artistic musical explorations with transformational awareness to create an atmosphere for sonic and vibratory revelations of body, mind, and spirit. And so much more. That's just like a little snippet of her bio and her experience. Um, And, you know, Roxanne, I think you are someone that really represents you know, when someone has an intention of helping people heal, you know, you seem like someone who's just followed that because you have so many different, you know, experiences and skill sets. And I've known you as someone that basically someone can just come to you and know that they're in good hands, um, regardless of how you help them or treat them. And I think that to me, that is sort of the new way of being in the helping arts and the healing arts. Um, So how do you approach uh, your work in general? It's
1: interesting. Thank you for all of that, so so beautiful. It touches me so deeply. Um, It's interesting as we talk about healing. I, as and practitioner is a mouthful and it's like, what is that? Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people are out there talking about uh, sound healing. And I find that I really use the word healing as much because of the connotation, at least in the West, that we have around that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What I gear my work towards and and my care for another is wholeness. I believe that we all are whole and complete in ourselves, like these amazing beings of spirit. Who are having these human, uh, this human life walking on the planet. And everything we need is within ourselves. So I feel like I'm more of a way shower or somebody on the side of the road pointing, or sit down with me and have a cup of tea and let's talk uh, about where you're going on your next step uh, as a metaphor, of course. So definitely the sense of um, wholeness that. I am in the work with the person in front of me together and uh, spirit is the word I use for God or all that is, or um, whatever we call what we hold most sacred and holy. I call it spirit. Mm-hmm. Spirit uses me as an instrument and I've worked a long time to do my best to learn Myself as an interest, instrument and to hone my skills and abilities and the this music that uh, this instrument plays. So that's basically my way of moving in the work, whether it's with my sound work or whether it's doing kinesiology or the, all of the other um, modalities that I work in.
0: Mm. Oh, I love that um, because I know, and I'll just mention, um, so our audience has an idea is that you've in modalities like kinesiology and the reunion process, which have a, how I've experienced it has been sort of like a past life regression type of thing and psych K, which helps with the psyche and uh, reconnection, connective healing, all these different things. I remember asking you once, like, um, what what is it that you're doing? Is it like Reiki? And you would always say, it's a blend of modalities. And I'm like, but (laughs) tell me, what? I want to know, I want to become like you. But then I ended up going on my own journey. And yeah, now when people ask me, what do i do i mean okay astrologer but otherwise it's a blend of things that really ultimately becomes your own thing and i think you know what a gift to be able to do that and i think when you know that you're just here to serve then i think you know things just really sort of open up and and i really wanted to sort of highlight that because i have a lot of clients that come to me i can't even tell you how many that especially if they were born in the 60s for some reason that generation Um, You know, it's a Pluto and Virgo generation that, you know, is called to help people to help them heal, to help them become whole, but they themselves just think, oh, I don't have one thing that I'm known for. And I think now that there's so much wounding in the world and there's so much collective trauma that, you know, maybe just one thing isn't enough, you know, maybe it's okay to have many tools in your toolbox and, and paints, you know, to, to paint with kind of thing.
1: Absolutely. I I love the way that you describe that. And what comes to mind is um, thinking back about the foods that come from our childhood and our elders that were cooking them. For me, my mother made tiny little silver dollar biscuits that were exquisite. And my sister tried to get the recipe, my cousins. Uh, her nieces, a couple of her nephews really wanted her recipe, and she never wrote it down, but she would have them stand next to her at the, st- at the uh, stove, and she would guide them through. And there was something about the way that she grabbed this amount and that amount. I think we all can uh, may have that experience of being able to look back at someone cooking for us when we were younger and how they just had their own way of uh, mixing or they had their own way of adding that little bit of this or that. You know, I, I, I think we're all these magicians with our own spices. So I think about you as an astrologer, you have amazing spices like a magic, uh, curio box that or a suitcase that opens up and you have all of these spices so you're pulling out all of your magic to put in to this thing called astrology and what that is is the uh, depth of your heart it's the depth of your awareness it's your deep listening it's your history of moving through it's all of the influences that came through not only growing up in the family you grew up in, but growing up in the society and the culture and all of those things mixed together to make you this beautiful being that has your own uh, magic. And then you're able to bring that to something as big as astrology. And you take those little elements and then magic happens.
0: Absolutely, I I like to think so. <laughs>
1: I think of your clients born in the '60s specifically, mm-hmm. who have all of these different things that they have assembled, like or or yeah. experiences they, that they pulled to them, or or modalities that they've learned. And I think that we're all called right now, as you said. Now is we really need care for Mm -hmm. ourselves, for each other, for the planet, for humanity. We all need care. And each of those people have their own special, exquisite, unique, creative expression or gift. Mm -hmm. And wherever they're called to use that, they may use that with a couple of people in their circle they may actually set up a practice where they're using that with clients. It may be something that they do very quietly. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm going to talk about my mom again, but I'm going to talk about my mom again for a minute. Mm-hmm. My parents had me when they were in their forties. So my mother was born in 1919, way back. I was born in uh, the early sixties. And one of the things I remember, cause I was, um, a night baby. I always wanted to be awake at night. And I now realize that there's a lot of magic that happens in the stillness of the night, like the uh, veils kind of open up. And it's, it's easy to touch parts of reality that may be a little harder to touch when the world is awake. And I'd go in and run into my parents' bedroom and my mother might be awake. And I learned that what she would do when she woke up in the middle of the night is that she would pray. She would pray one person at a time. She'd take a person and she'd say a prayer and she had lists. She told me when I was old enough to understand that she had lists in her head and she would go through and do that. And that was her magic. That's what she could bring without anybody really knowing that's what she was doing and how profound as a a young girl and a teenager, later on as an adult, I could really track and follow, pray for someone when they were in crisis or just needed a little boost, how I could track and see the impact of her work on people in their lives. So however we are called to do whatever work we're called to do right now, I think that It is about our connecting into ourselves and what we call sacred and holy, and going into our hearts and offering from a place of gratitude.
0: I love that. I want everyone to hear that. And just the way you said it, because I know I can't, I don't say it the same way as you do, but um, that really opens up the space that, you know, also helps us to realize like, I think so many people and not just that generation, but especially a lot of women, you know, we feel empowered that now is our time. And then there comes along with that, a lot of maybe even guilt and shame that I'm not doing enough. I'm not serving enough. Maybe I'm spending too much time on my own healing. I think that's something that I see a lot. And, you know, I I mean, yes, we have to be aware of what is happening in our own world but gosh what you know an amazing healed world we would have if we had a whole generation of people who were newly healed and it doesn't necessarily mean everyone has to go out and you know heal other people or you know or help other people like that maybe for some people a lot of their journey like you said is working quietly And, and for some people, it may even be like most of their energy is, is on their own healing. Maybe there is a generation or just a lot of people that that needs to be a priority as long as it needs to be a priority. I mean, I know with my own journey, there was a time where I felt like, oh, I'm being so self-indulgent. I'm, you know, I'm having too many sessions with Roxanne. I need to get out there <laughs> and like and share my gifts to the world. And but that came eventually, you know. And I think if I were to look back, I wish I didn't I wasn't so hard on myself and I wasn't on someone else's timeline, you know, the timeline that says, you know, you got to go out there and and take the world by the horns whereas going on your own pulse, knowing what the pulse is of your life. I think that was something you said to me recently, you know, when you think about your own sort of your own pulse, you know, taking the pulse of yourself, trusting and honoring your own pulse of life, I think is so important too.
1: Absolutely. I, um, there's so much in there to talk about what, um, what a beautiful way of putting that Christina. Um, First of all, I I definitely want to speak to those of us that may be feeling uh, guilt or contracted feelings around, oh, I'm really focused on me. One of the things I think we can do when that feeling comes up is to take a breath in that moment and expand our hearts out as working in sound, which is, um, Such a blessing to be able to work in this realm. One of the things that I've deepened my awareness and understanding of is resonance. How, um, and if you think about music that you like, um, when you look and when you listen and things sound uh, good and delightful. Those a key that they're using and the chords they're using are probably resonance. And dissonance is when it just may not feel good in the body, where it just doesn't sound good to you. And so when I think about uh, resonance in terms of how we impact other people energetically, When we're feeling that guilt, like, oh my gosh, I've been working so hard on me and I really should get out there. That's the mind basically hijacking. And if we're able to take a breath and feel our hearts and connect in with ourselves, we've been working on ourselves, connecting with ourselves and all that work we've been doing and actually send that out through our hearts into the world you are actually doing profound work in that moment. Mm. In fact, I would say that as you work on yourself, you're doing profound work for the collective. It brings to mind a way of seeing reality and existence on the planet, is that we all come down to the planet and we all, on the way into human form, pick up our little piece that we're going to work on. This time I'm coming into life and I'm going to work on generosity. So you take that in and there are certain events and happenings in a person's life coming in to work on generosity that they will have that are unlike all of those other people that may be working primarily on on generosity that they may not have. And those happenings are experienced by this person and they're working on that generosity and how amazing that they are taking that one little strand of a life and actually working on that for the benefit of the whole, of the collective. So I would say that no matter where you are in your life and no matter what you're experiencing and the work you're doing, you're actually doing it for the collective, for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think it helps uh, in those times where we may be uh, feeling contracted to be able to go back to an idea or a concept like that and really have a deep connection in with that and take a breath.
0: Mm, I love that. And that really changes everything, like how you live, Is when you start tapping into the intention and the source of, as you say, your resonance. Um, I remember one time you telling me about. I think I was having, I was struggling with some people I was relating to, and I thought they just weren't people that need to be in my life anymore, you know. But I didn't want to be, you know, too. I still wanted to be compassionate and loving and things like that. And you said that about how, say in an orchestra, there are certain wood instruments and they all have a certain resonance together. And then there's the brass instruments that resonate a certain way. And then the string instruments and, you know, some resonate on the same sort of frequency and some don't, I don't, do you remember that? Or how? I do. I, I'm not I as eloquent as you, but no, like, how would you, you say that?
1: Just, just like, um, so, sometimes we find resonance. Like if you think about uh, string quartets, they sound so good together and they have a wide range of music that they can sound great with. And if you throw in, a stray woodwind that may be playing a whole different type of music or a whole different song, it may not have, it may not match in, it may not create a full of how that moves. Um, likewise, you could have strings that are playing different songs. So I think also, we find our people, we find our, our people and our humans, we find our activities uh experiences in the world that really resonate with us and i think part of that is because not only the instrument that there is but also the music or the song that's played
0: oh i love that yeah it's like are they you know in tune playing one song and then maybe another song maybe other other instruments shine (laughs) you know while other ones absolutely in the background. I love that because that I, and that's just the way of, that's the nature of humans. I mean, I think anyone who's into astrology, I mean, you've got to know that there's certain things about ourselves that we still struggle accepting. So when we meet another human who is a completely a universe on their own, some of which they don't even understand, (laughs) you know, we're not all going to resonate together in the same Way And I think we make that mean so many things that it doesn't mean, or it doesn't need to mean. But when I love how you put it in terms of, you know, the orchestra, because we are, you know, the music of the spheres, we are essentially similar to musical instruments in that way.
1: Right. And I I love that. that. And one of the things that comes to mind so strongly is that when we meet those people, we're, man, it is a totally different instrument, different sound that we don't get. What we can do in the moment is bless them on their way and on their path and actually move to a place where where our soul is singing its song and doesn't mm-hmm. feel restricted. You know, it's interesting as we're talking, the image of being at like a big giant music festival where they have s- several stages with different music playing at different times and it's interesting if you get a if you get in a centralized location where you can hear several of those bands happening playing at the same time it's it's strange it's a little disconcerting it's yeah. because there're different sounds happening and i think we get in life like that i think specifically like culture especially western culture Our society, we get out there and there's so much to hear, like, what an amazing time to be living that we're in the information age. And at the same time, there is so much that it almost feels like a cacophony at times. And I think at those times, we can take a moment, take a deep breath. I will always go back to the breath, take a deep breath, listen inside ourselves And maybe listen to try to isolate each, like using that analogy, Using uh, listen to each little band and find the place that we're drawn to. And then as we move closer to that stage, that band, the music that uh, sings to us, that brings us joy, we find a whole different experience rather than being battered by the Mm. cacophony.
0: Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think right now, when we can have that experience of joy, and what brings us joy, I mean, we all have, um, you know, the, our soul is attracted and magnetized by, by certain experiences. And so I think that's beautiful that that should be where we attempt to attune to. Now, especially now, when there's so much fear and and especially into the unknown because we are going into the great unknown now more than ever um and so you know what are some of the things that you see coming up for people for your clients or just in the collective even that um you the work that you do around helping people find wholeness and joy and self-acceptance um, what kind of sort of insights would you have that really you think people need to hear now?
1: We are living in very interesting times, aren't we? Just yeah. amazing times. And I can speak for me, I can speak for my, uh, my very close uh, friends and communities that going into 2020, uh, a lot of us were surprised at uh February and March of 2020, like what's happening? <laughs> what's going on? Uh I think interesting is a really good way to at least begin to frame it. So when I what I got uh specifically at end of February or beginning of March, when uh we began all societies began to change in terms of dealing with the virus is a good way to put it. The virus yeah. and how we were moving in our own communities. Uh, because I could tell it was coming and I could tell there was a part of me that was like, wait, no, I have things I want to do. I have plans. Yeah. We have all of this going on. I got a very close message from spirit the first time I really I uh, gave myself a lot of time for contemplation. And what came up was connect deeply inside ourselves. Connect deeply with what we hold as sacred and holy. Connect deeply with nature. And it was interesting. One of the, one of the things that I do is learning how to read the reality. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I realized with that information, I was able to start reading the reality like uh, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and we went under stay-at-home orders pretty quickly after that. And I went, oh, this is amazing. Like, we're to stay at home. And what does home mean? And wow, this gives me an opportunity to be in a place and examine A- What home is, because I think we're at home and we live at home, not only a physical structure that has a roof over it for almost all of us, um, but also what home is in terms of the psyche, what home is in terms of the heart. Like, okay, this is what home is, and now we have the opportunity to examine that and, and lean into it. And find what feels good and feels right. And maybe find pieces that uh, we've outgrown or no longer serve us. So I was like, oh, and then the out, the world of distractions out there, like there are, I'll speak for myself. There are so many ways out in the world I can find to distract myself. It's like, oh, I can come back home. To this home, to my little piece of property, with my husband, in this little place, in our little shelter, and hear what's within me, hear spirit, and maybe deepen the way I connect in with spirit, and stop listening to all of those things that pull my attention away, like a, a dog looking at a squirrel. I do that, I will admit. Um, that my little, my little attention can follow anything that moves in front of me. And also to be able to walk outside of my house and deeply connect. Like, let me look at this square foot of ground. What's the grass doing? And look, there's some clover coming up. And what birds do I hear? Just the opportunity to do that. And so I think that that's been what one of the things that spirit has offered all of us as humanity the opportunity to do and i think we find that human nature calls us in a place when we're uncomfortable to sometimes distract ourselves sometimes fill it up sometimes shift away from that and we can we may look at our friends we may look at our circles our families And see how different people have managed in different ways during this period of time. And I have so much compassion because I think the circumstances have brought a lot of people deep uh, emotions and feelings inside of themselves and may not feel like they have the tools or the resources to move through those feelings and emotions and experiences. Uh, in a lot of grace or or with a lot of support. So I have Mm -hmm. so much compassion for that. So one of the things I've been uh, looking at and working with my peoples is how to find ways for a person to actually care for themselves very deeply wherever they find themselves in any moment. And it seems to be around that, like how we can connect into ourselves, how we can actually explore more deeply what we call sacred, what we hold as holy deep within us, what our concept of a collective force, you know, I can, I, it's interesting in the face of working with concepts that are so big, I'm always a little hesitant to put words with it, because I find that I don't want to limit anyone's exploration, that they may be looking out of a different facet of the jewel that we are all are together, and they may see something differently, vastly differently, than what I can even use language to describe. I can tell one of the things that, um, especially as we're going into winter, let me just interject at this point. So in the Northern Hemisphere, we went under stay-at-home orders at a time when spring was beginning to bloom. And I found it very interesting. I, I would spend a lot of time really turning it over and looking at the sense that spirit was uh, moving us in a very interior way as a, a as an opportunity to do that at a time when spring was moving forward in in its awakening perspective and I kept wondering like what is happening that these two things are happening at the same time and I know people that did pretty well with it. I know people that didn't do well with it at all. I know of a lot of people that had the explosion of energy happen in the summer when we thought that we were at a period where things were going to be quiet. I think we can look at our societies and see that that kind of happened. So I'm I've been looking at that this calendar year. And so as we're moving into once again in The northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, if we have any listeners down there, you're having this interesting experience um, where you are, where you're moving into summer. But those of us in uh, the northern hemispheres where we're moving into winter and we may be moving into a period where those stay at home orders are, are coming through again, we have the opportunity, supported by nature, to actually do another deep dive. I had this uh, conversation about a, a week and a half ago with a shaman, a student of shamanism, who, Western shamanism, who said, I know going into winter, I know that that's my time. I have seasonal affect disorder. I know how that's going to be. And we talked about a way for her to move with nature, where she might have an easier time in her normal hibernation phase to actually do this uh, deep awareness work. And it's as simple as going outside and listening. And that's what you do is you listen. And then you listen deeper. And then you listen a little deeper. And so my suggestion was she do that for several days. And then she take on going outside and smelling And then walking around her yard, even if it's cold, she doesn't have to be out long, and smell, like what does it smell like? Actively engaging our senses in connecting with nature in a way where information can come back to us. I think it's interesting, a a, a lot of trees actually will pull their sap down into their roots Mm. during winter. That's what the leaves falling off the tree. Their sap's gone down into their root system, like the nourishment down into their roots. And that's something we can, as humans, look to nature and go, okay, I, I can observe over there and see what's going on and maybe see how I can do that for myself in great care during this time.
0: Oh, that's so powerful. I'm so glad you shared that with everyone because we're so generally disconnected from nature. And I think especially now, if so many people usually have that seasonal affective disorder anyway, but with all of the anxieties and stress of this year with the pandemic and everything that is unfolded from that, I think it's especially difficult for people. And I love that because we're still alive. We still have life force. And ultimately, nature knows best. And it can teach us maybe that rhythm, really reconnecting with our pulse, which is in some ways connected to all of nature because we are nature. And um, I love that. I'm going to try that. Of course, I love to awesome. do anything you suggest. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, this time of year going into the winter solstice and as astrologers, we know that's the big beginning of a new cycle of Saturn, Jupiter, and Aquarius, which seems like, you know, so much of the old ways of doing things in the old world. Now we know that there's a new space to move in, but we might not quite have sort of like the dance moves for it, I guess you'd say. Right. <laughs> it's almost like, okay, so we've got, you know, the change that we want on some level, and this is more of an energetic level. I mean, I think that the rest of society needs to actually catch up with it. But, um, you know, Aquarius is, you know, obviously an air sign, and we're moving from, from earth, the material realm, to more of air, which is sort of the ideas. And I think that that is even more important to get Clear with what our intentions are. You know that the the mind is so powerful, and we can either make, you know, the experience of being isolated as, you know, so lonely and alienated, and um, make it mean so many things that can be really contracting. You know, or we can find a way, an opportunity that. You know, this is what's so, this is what's happening. This is the reality of the time. And what's it calling from us? You know, what's it calling from us to to be and adapt to, I think. And I guess for some people, it might not feel natural. But um, as you said, like, you know, nature knows best. Maybe by being, you know, I've heard from so many people saying that actually, I mean, yeah, it's a privilege to be able to still be able to survive in lockdown. Um, but there's also a certain freedom that we're no longer, you know, we don't have the ability to distract ourselves anymore. And a lot of people are feeling that, wow, I've wasted so much of my life and my time, you know, distracting myself or just consuming and things like that. So I think the return to the self and the turning inward and the going in and deep, like you said, with the trees and pulling in their sap, that sounds very much like you know, the, the opportunity that we have now because it's a luxury to be able to do that normally. And now this is actually what's being called of us, what we kind of must do, don't you think?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I want to say for any of us, I think that uh, possibility lies in uh, all of us, frankly, is that that uh, regret or it's too late or time's running out or what have I been doing, uh, like the big wake up. And I want to say to all of those places inside all of us here and now, now. Like there's only here and there's only now. So, in this moment, I'm going to say it again. I can't believe it. In this moment, take a deep breath and feel the breath within you. And from this moment, from this breath, from this place, what do you hear? What do you sense? What comes into your imagination? What can you do now? It's interesting. I was having a conversation last week with someone about uh, the patriarchy, a lot of our systems, patriarchal systems, and the divine feminine and how the Divine Feminine's coming in. And this person was saying, you know, I just still feel like I need to do. I need to do. And as we talked about it, the way that it came out was a relationship with our Divine Masculine and Feminine energies inside each one of us. And a good relationship between those two aspects is for the divine feminine to receive. That's what we do, is when we sit in receptivity, when we are in that space and listen and receive, then the divine masculine can respond from that deep listening So in these spaces, like in the here and now, matter what we've done in the past, because I can talk a lot about all my uh, distractions and wasted opportunities and uh, the feelings and uh, emotions that are associated with that. And I have the choice in this moment to take a breath, connect, listen and allow myself to be inspired and then from that space move and act and do
0: you know there is something that you once said to me um, something about that you know there's usually one way you know, one door that I intend to go through. And then there's another door that, um, is the old way. And maybe that there's a new space to move in or a new, a window to open, you know, rather than a door to the past and then a door to the future. Maybe we can open a window. That's like totally not from the old programming. And I know I've, I've actually created a meditation around that. And anytime I've done it in any of my uh, circles or group programs, then people say, oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) Because I visualized it as a door to the future and a door to the past and where you choose to actually open a window. And, you know, that usually is, that opens up a part of the mind where we realize that we've been so focused on, you know, what is expected of me, and then maybe how do I react against that, you know, or how do I respond um, in rebellion of that, which, you know, may sometimes be the way. But I love the fact that I think you actually did tell me that once when I was like, between a rock and a hard place, and I (laughs) felt like I had no good choice. And just that one realization that there is something I haven't been aware of and just to be open to that and to receive that opening. And that stayed with me for a long time. And I hope that, you know, anyone listening, you know, someone listening might actually get that extra bit of hope that comes through an open window.
1: I love that because that you're, what you're talking about is moving beyond are conditioned responses. Like we uh, find ourselves in ways that get so trained that there is this or that, or this, 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 that, that here are programs. And there are other ways to move. And I have to tell you, Christina, you have upgraded this because as you're talking about the doors and the windows, uh, the image that came up is look up and actually see that the roof isn't on, and you can actually go up. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting as I went, wow, that's an amazing upgrade that Christina's beautiful energy has brought in. Isn't that something? All of a sudden, there was a sense of like having wings because I went, do I need a ladder? How do we do that? Like, once again, old conditioning, like, okay, I need this thing to, there's no roof, I can go out to the stars, how do I do that? And then actually taking a moment and realizing in this imagination event that there were wings and we could actually just start to flap them and, and arise and leave the structure Of the place that we've been in in our lives it's like oh that's pretty amazing
0: Mm -hmm. like
1: what are the possibilities of the way that we can live life if we leave the old structure of the uh building or or how we've constructed uh our place our our identities
0: yeah, I think the possibilities are endless. <laughs> it feels like, um, and you unhook from the old patterning of you know the mother and the father and the reacting against them and all that you know. And I think maybe you bring back your own power and your own creativity to where it's authentic within you. That's what absolutely it sort of speaks to me. Um, I definitely. In- oh, go ahead. The-
1: I was just going to say, living into the beings that we actually are beyond the old definitions or descriptions or projections. Like, what is it like for us to actually live the essence of who we are? That's my prayer for all of us. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. And um, I definitely wanted to sort of segue a little bit. I don't know if this is a very smooth segue, but looking at the time, and I definitely want to talk about um, the new work that you've been doing. I mean, it had been a few years since we had connected. And then next thing I saw, you popped up and you were doing sound healing with these amazing gongs, these like majestic, (laughs) like beautiful gongs. And um, I'm very fortunate to have had a couple of sessions myself. And it feels so eternal and so ancient. And I remember reading that, um, or not reading, but seeing one of those documentaries, I think on Gaia or something that the pyramids so many people actually thought that they were the tombs of the, you know, the kings or queens or something, but they actually, now there's a theory that they were sound healing structures. They were actually made to, um, to conduct, well, conduct energy, some of them, but also sound healing and that that was the early way of healing. And, you know, there's something really when you talk about like vibration, we're all talking about resonance and, you know, we want to keep our vibration high and no bad vibes and everything. And it makes sense that ultimately it's this vibration and sound. And um, I just, I love that. That seems like such a natural progression of your work. So can you tell me a little bit about how you've, um, you know, found this work and what has drawn you to it?
1: I can. It's such a fascinating journey. Um, I was once a music major for a minute and a half my freshman year of college. Uh, after taking a year of classical piano, I at the time I wanted to... Um, this is in 79, 80. I wanted to build electronic instruments. I wanted to build synthesizers. And Spirit had a uh, different path for me because uh, I should have had years of piano before doing that and ended up going into uh, the film industry and this whole long process, once again, being in creative arts, but doing something different. And... Um, found and met an amazing woman introduced to an amazing woman here in Atlanta, Cynthia Rose Young. And she was given the task by her guides and teachers to start doing angel music. And so I recorded a little bit in the mid 90s. Uh, on her label uh, using the synthesizers doing angel music. So I had that and studied with the amazing Tom Kenyon for years. Mm. So I had that little background in sound um, that I uh, really lived into. It was amazing. And then did the film industry for a while. Again, a bit. I took care of my uh, elderly and aging parents uh, for a while learned uh, the kinesiology, the reunion kinesiology, and was a practitioner with that. I had a small practice of that and the psyche. just this amazing journey of all of these different ways. And after caring for both of my parents for 10 years, um, they passed away. And as I was taking care of uh, clearing out their house and doing all of that, Um, After uh, they both died, it was interesting because I had left the place I was. I had left everything in my life at that point. The work I was doing, the caregiving I was doing, my career in the film industry for years. And I heard about this therapeutic sound practitioner course uh, five days before it started. So I had a conversation like there was just such a clear... Uh, influx of energy and a yes in my entire being. So I put in a call and I entered this um, very rigorous study. And it was um, it was amazing. It felt like the right thing at the right time. It was I could feel that my instrument, me as an instrument had a, a, the relief of, I will now be used for the work that I'm here to do, which was Mm -hmm. amazing and enlightening and came totally out of left field. Mm -hmm. So for those of us that are in that place where, like we know that the old life is um, uh, dying and there's a new life coming in and we have no idea what it's gonna be, it can be anything. And just know to relax as best you can in the process Because amazing things come in. So specifically, that's how I moved into the therapeutic sound practice. But I had had these experiences at um, what have been termed sound baths, where I could not be in the presence of a gong. I just couldn't be in the presence of a gong. I didn't understand it. I'd get anxious. Oh. I'd get nervous, and that's not my normal nature. But I, physically, there was something I couldn't be in that situation. And one of um, my therapeutic sound teachers is teaches harpsichord at uh, Princeton. She's amazing, Wendy Young, and she did a one night. Demonstration and teaching on the gong and her attunement and alignment and sensitivity and approach and connection with the gong opened me up. It was like going from 3D to 60, it opened within me that I couldn't explain. It it was beyond any rational uh, analysis. But I just knew that that this instrument that I could not even stand to be in the presence of was actually uh, connected so deeply within me. And I studied with someone that she had studied with, Mitch Noor of Nine Ways Academia in Pennsylvania. And he is one of the foremost experts uh, on gongs. He's been playing gongs almost 50 years now. And in his uh, course, his body of work called Sonic Theology, his wife actually said, are you coming to gong camp? And by this point in my life, it's like if somebody asked me something like that, I'm going to listen. I had no intention to do it, but as soon as she said it. And he kept talking about this very large gong that he had commissioned from China, 52-inch gong called a sun gong and as he was talking about it i i, I just had that whole body sense of, perhaps uh your listeners have had that experience where they have that experience being in front of something and it was like a a total yes mm. like an i'm transported almost like a deja vu where Time and space collapse, and there's something happening. But it's about this gong, I kept hearing, uh, that's your gong, that your gong. And this went on for months and months as he would talk about this gong coming. And for our last uh, class, I was in Sylvania, and he mentioned that the gongs had come in. And instead of the 10 that he had commissioned, there were three that came in. And he was going down in two days to actually choose his gong out of the three. And I uh, went to Steve Weiss, who's an amazing uh, music provider of instruments. Amazing. Um, I went down to Steve Weiss Music with him, and he, picked, he had picked his gong. And I stood in front of this gong, and uh, I knew. And the amazing thing about it is that this gong, actually, it's fundamental. So its lowest note is below the human threshold of hearing. So mm. it's very close to what our what we know as the Schumann resonance, the vibration of the earth. Um, we know it's under 10 hertz. Uh, Schumann resonance is about 7.83, if I remember right, as a base. And this gong is one that you feel before you hear. And what I can tell you about getting this gong as my first gong and then getting other gongs as its uh, playing companions in its ensemble is that these gongs have become my teachers in this moment. Every time I'm in front of the gong, I... Experience myself differently. I experience uh, sound differently. I experience my perceptions differently. It it is uh, the next part of my spiritual work. So one of the things I find is that for clients coming in, they have their own experience, oftentimes that is their piece to work on. I have um, some clients who come in and experience a stillness that they haven't experienced before. I have some clients that come in and they have journeys, they travel. I have some clients that come in and they relax more deeply than they've relaxed before. I have some clients that come in and find that They have pieces that they've been struggling and suffering with, trauma, um, very hard pieces that will come up to actually be made whole uh, in front of the sound. So I just can't say enough about gongs. And it still surprises me when I talk about it. Like, this is really amazing Mm -hmm. that this is where I am in my life at this point uh, with these magnificent instruments. So.
0: They are amazing, and um, I know the first time I did one with you, and we were in a tiny room with a big gong, (laughs) and I, yeah, I was in that sort of being transported space, and that was just what I needed at that time, and um, and then I did another one where it was so cool. We were in that big, you have that you know main um, room that has all the gongs. And that was a lot more, felt more nourishing that experience. Yes. So they were different, the different times. And I was so surprised that, you know, you're just, it looks like essentially tapping on this, um, this gong and it is almost like, it's a very subtle, like an orchestra, cause there's so much intricacies, intricacies with the sound. Um, if you really listen, but it's also not just about, like you said, the sound, it's about that experience that you feel it a lot of times more than hear it. Um, and yeah, I just, I just, even thinking about it, I'm like, wow, I wish I'd been doing this for a long time. (laughs) Cause didn't you say, don't you, where are these gongs made? Because they are really exquisite. So uh,
1: the gongs that I play um, come, from chi- come from China. I think almost all of my gongs have come out of China. Um, let me just say when we found out where the virus was being reported as coming from initially, uh mm-hmm. that's actually the region where the factory is that Steve Weiss gets these oh. uh, beautiful gongs, I know. Wuhan? Wuhan. Yes, in the Wuhan area, I believe, in that wow. area. So that's where I recognize the name from and it's like, oh interesting. Um, there are fantastic uh, gongs that come from uh, Germany that are German, they're called German nickel silver.. Um, they are fantastic. They're tuned. They're, uh, they come from a symphonic tradition, so they're very precise. Uh, mm-hmm. The ones from China that I'm called to are, um, I think, probably 95% of my gongs are bronze. And I'm called to those because there's a universe inside of them. It's just like you said. How how can so much and so many different sounds come out of one instrument? And for me, it's there is a very deep and complex harmonic structure that that emerges. Um, I have a lovely friend who is a, a professor. Um, And his side passion are music and acoustics. And so he came over and we did a little bit of experimentation when I first got the gongs in. And looking on a spectrograph, you don't necessarily see like different spikes where you can see that it's a tuned instrument like it would play a chord. Or harmonics, it's basically a full field. It's like all sound, and um, so that's. Uh, I know we were on a path. And the most excited, <laughs> the most remember. exciting part I you can lost- say. <laughs> lost us, right? I, I lost us both but the beautiful thing is that we found ourselves in talking about like mm-hmm. the universe of the sounds there is one thing okay about this and I think it's not just appropriate for the the, the work I do but I think it's appropriate for the work that we all do um, the work that we find ourselves um, you said that uh, you had a different experience the first time than the second time mm-hmm. I think that we get the work we need at any given moment. And we are not the same person we are now as we were when you and I started recording this or your listeners started listening to this. Like we change moment to moment to moment. And what you needed in that first session, you received. And then what you needed in that second session was different. And you got exactly what you needed for the Christina who came in the room at that time space.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And also, because I wanted to share your work with other people. So um, we invited you to be one of our presenters for our upcoming symposium, Aquarius Rising Reimagined. And we'll see, this is an experiment, how we can can get this to happen over Zoom. Um, Because, you know, again, it's, it's less about you know, the sounds themselves, I think it's the experience of it, but you've already been doing this work on Instagram live and things like that, right? Like people I can have. attune to it.
1: I have. And I will say that um, uh, the, one of the things that has vexed me personally, the the identity, the Roxanne the most this year, are, is technology because these instrument person and there's been a great learning curve not just for myself but i have a whole gong family of uh, gong practitioners world and we've all been working together how to translate this over zoom streaming uh, twitch what uh, all facebook live and live how we can offer the best experience we can over that and we've gotten better and better, and we're really gonna upgrade it for the summit coming up, which I'm so excited. About. What I tell people when they are listening, and this is one of the things that uh, there's, I'm very excited about the summit. I'm, um, I think our we're calling our time deep sound, so we're gonna be exploring a lot about sound and how we each can experience sound individually and collectively. Um, But one of the things that um, I'm looking to do going into that is, and this is something I say on all my Instagram and Facebook lives and uh, YouTube uh, recordings, is that it's about the experience of the transmission. So uh, in the very beginning, I will say that I was not happy with the sound of the gong, but I found that my clients who had been in the gong immersions were able to have the experience without even listening or watching. I had one client in particular who told me, I really felt I listened deeply and I was called to be outside at a park during that time and I kept being pulled between do I stay and listen to Roxanne or do I go outside and she clearly did go outside and what she did was she laid down in the grass in this park and actually tuned in energetically and she said she could could hear the gongs without being connected through an internet connected device and Mm -hmm. so that's my goal is that This experience is something that um, is great if we can hear it or see it or have that experience. And it is an energetic connection that is beyond our 3D understanding that actually uh, reaches across time and space and has an impact on us.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. And um, you said that you have one of the gongs there. You're going to play a little bit.
1: I do. So I actually have two tiny, tiny little gongs. So my largest gong is 52 inches. And I think there may be photographs up on my website. I'll make sure of that overnight if people want to go to my website, see images of the big ones. But I have these two beautiful little ones, a six inch and an eight inch, that we were able to get a beautiful match between these two out of a stack of Uh, does these little gongs. So I'd love to play those for you. Yes, please. So I'm going to play these two little gongs, strike them a couple of times. So in this moment, just take a deep breath. If you're at a place where you're sitting down or laying down or, or at a place where you can take just a couple of moments just to relax, Another deep breath. That's the beautiful thing about sound, is that just even in a few moments, we can take it in. I personally think sound is the future of medicine. That's my prayer.
0: Mm. Yes, and it seems so ancient. And so isn't it nice how some of what early man discovered now we can have an opportunity to rediscover in new ways? I think it's amazing.
1: It's interesting. There's a um, really lovely man who's become a friend. He's an, a researcher and Arthur. Her uh, Howard Barry Schatz, and he took the Book of Creation, which is the source material for the sacred text of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. They all have this uh, Book of Creation as their sacred, as their source material, and. Th- He has done exhaustive research on this book, and it goes back to sound. So if you look at what, um, in a Judeo-Christian context, we know in the beginning was the Word. And what he's gone back to do is to talk about how, through vibration, creation happened. And it makes sense if you think about the Big Bang. That is scientifically, physically, uh, in terms of physics. It is a vibration. It's a happening. And uh, I just am amazed and awed at how through the right lens we can look at everything as sound. I'll say sound slash light, meaning But that everything comes back to that. And so as you as you say yes, what's ancient, I think what's ancient is new and what's new is ancient. And it's just the fact that it uh, is, was, always will be.
0: I love that. And um, I just want our listeners to know that we will be doing, you'll be offering a sound, journey for our event, as I said, um, it'll be on Friday, December 18th. Um, You'll actually be representing the Taurus archetype, which is associated with sound and groundedness. And um, it's just before the winter solstice as well. So um, the winter solstice is on the 21st, winter in the Northern hemisphere. And um, you're also offering because you do these events on your YouTube page, right? And your Instagram and Facebook. And
1: yes, which is infiniteflow.one, which is the word. So infiniteflow.one. infiniteflow.one. And that's also my website, too. So I'd love um, for you to come and experience. Uh, can and see and hear what I'm up to.
0: I'm so excited. And we'll be doing, as I said, a special presentation of it for Aquarius Rising Reimagined. And that's AquariusRisingReimagined.com. And I'll have that link in the show notes as well as link to Roxanne's website um, where you can experience her um, gong healing magic <laughs> and um, if you're in the Atlanta area I don't know are you still I was gonna say catch Roxanne if you're in the Atlanta area but we're kind of in lockdown for a little while so I guess a lot of that is up in the air I imagine right
1: it is moment to moment and <laughs> um I am ever listening and ever responsive so uh I can feel that things are moving, like in the root system of the trees. I can feel the sap down there. And I knew that I know that there are new creations coming. And so, yes, if you're in the Atlanta area, there is something coming at some point in our near or uh, maybe towards spring future. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: we'll just see how it goes online. I have to thank you so much. I'm so excited for Aquarius Rising. I'm so excited to have this amazing conversation with you. I always feel my heart is always filled with joy and I'm just tickled pink (laughs) that this time we get to share our um, conversation with people. I love
0: that. Thank you. I love it too. Thank you so much. I just really want to share you with everyone because you have really helped me through when i was like a completely different person you know (laughs) and you know i am you know living a life that's a lot more aligned because you were there at that time when i was going through my big transformation and that actually inspired me to help people who are going through this transformation they know that there's you know, a person inside, a soul inside that wants expression, and they just really need to be companion through it. And um, so thank you so much for being there for me. And I am trying to pay it forward as best I can. Um, And so, you know, I hope that more people get a little more piece of Roxanne Lowry and um, get to experience what you have to offer. What's your calling? So I so appreciate you, Thank Roxanne. you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you. Know that you are a blessing to humanity and this planet. And I am grateful that we are on this path together. And uh, for everyone listening, I just want to send out so much love and, and every blessing for, for us. Wonderful. For us Thank all. you, Roxanne.